how are you guys doing? Are you on the speakerphone or what did you decide? Yeah, we are. We're on my phone. Okay. It sounds good. So I don't know if this is a question, but yeah, when Karen suggested that I add another app so I could do this. <laughs> I was surprised. I, internally I was losing it. I said no with this speakerphone. <laughs> I have to say this idea of I need an app to do everything. I don't know if it's generational. It probably is. Obviously. But it's friggin' ridiculous. That's <laughs> good podcast material. Well, you can do this, so you wouldn't be able to do it otherwise. Well, I would be just fine, probably, <laughs> if I didn't do it. But well, here you are. I gotta have this app and that yeah, app and this app. Just think of it the other way. Amazing technology. We're recording a podcast on our phone. Well, that's what I'm I mean, saying. Come on. We're in three different cities. Yeah. So. yeah. Fantastic. But get it done on one platform. <laughs> well, this is free. So we're going to use this. <laughs> All right. All right. We ready? Yes. All right. Welcome back to Dynasty Time Podcast, the week seven recap. Scott here, along as always with Dan. Dan, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Licking my wounds over here after getting slaughtered this week, but it's okay. (laughs) I'm going to try to bounce back here. I think I'm tied for last with like four other people, so could be worse. Yeah, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, But more importantly, our guest this week, we have two guests the co-owners of Sea City Boston, Todd and Karen Saxon. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Is this like a lifelong dream, dream for both of you? It is. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love giving up sleep on the East Coast to, to talk football with Midwesterners. That's good. We appreciate uh, your sacrifice. Uh, as we always do on the podcast, at least this year, as we're introducing everyone, uh, I'm going to throw it over to you guys. Whoever wants to talk, could you uh, introduce yourselves to the league? Sure. So I'm Karen, and I am Todd's 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 wife, but Scott's sister. Uh, and we are being husband and wife. We are co-owners of our Sea City Boston, which means we live in Boston. We have uh, two daughters, 14 and 10, so we are on the older side of uh, the family situation. And what else? We're both in education out here in Boston. And I don't know, what else you want to add? Um, if, if newcomers to the league are not quite sure what, where Sea City comes from, I'll just uh, address that. Uh, I know Dan appreciates this most of all. Um, sea City comes from some of our love, or my love more for, so, for European football, the world's football. 
sometimes known as soccer. But the C part has to do with the fact that we have these duck parades a lot (laughs) in Boston. And it's been unbelievably ridiculous, especially from where we come from as New England Patriots fans. We're old enough to appreciate, or at least I am, Karen, not so much, uh, how putrid the Patriots franchise was for a long time. So I don't actually think this is the real world, to be honest with you. (laughs) It's been unbelievable that we've been so good for so long and that the um, supposed competitors in our division have sucked for so long. It's unbelievable. (laughs) That is pretty crazy, is that the division has been just dog shit. (laughs) Well, because in the past it wasn't. I mean, the the Dan Marino Dolphins and even before Marino, they, they were traditionally pretty good. Even the Jets were decent for uh, a while uh, in the Bills, the Jim Kelly Bills. Um, but for whatever reason, Tom Brady is this uh, <laughs> talisman that yeah. just makes them act in such insane, inane ways. It's unbelievable. I didn't realize there was a soccer reference in your name, so that's impressive. Either did I. Detroit City, baby. Yeah, I just figured it was like championship city. I don't know. Well, no, what is? Well, yeah. <laughs> so I, I think I speak for the the rest of the country in saying that the suffering that you endured, you know, as a child and into your adult life, has now been passed on to the rest of us watching the Patriots win basically every single year and having to listen to Kraft, Belichick, and Brady say the same stuff over and over again for like 20 years. is It's getting really boring and, and painful. So hopefully all this rumor talk about Brady selling his house and all this stuff means he's going to up and go play for the Jets next year, which would just be phenomenal. Well, but on that, we'll see. On that note, let's bring in jenna your daughter and ask her a few questions about the patriots shall we sure last year they didn't have a record that was over 500 the the teams that we played the first seven weeks and we play the browns next week then i think our first real test comes against the ravens who we play the week before our bye but then we have texans chiefs indy so those are like better teams finally I know, but if, I mean, it's a very favorable schedule. Then you look at the end of our schedule, we play, like, Bills, Dolphins. Yes, like, the AFC is just Oh, you have to play the Dolphins again. That's too bad. Yeah, so the AFC is just really bad, so. That's true. That's just not our fault, so. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) You got to play who the schedule tells you to play. Exactly. But yeah, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the, yeah, what's your question? <laughs> uh, do you think this is it for Tom Brady? I think I don't know. Depending, I think how the year ends is gonna affect it. I think so. His contract is up with the Patriots at the end of the year, so he's a free agent. And there's a ton of people who are like, "Oh, he's gonna play his last year out." 
like somewhere else, which is totally like they're talking about it on the radio today, and they were saying that where would he play? And they were like the Bears. He could go out to the Chargers, which would be nice. New stadium, they could live out in L.A. They'd love that. So like his house. Mm. His house is on the market. Um, Hasn't he his, won enough? Not no, for him. Um, his trainer's house is on the market. So there's a ton of speculation that he's going to leave. But again, it's a whole ruin to the TB12 brand if he went somewhere else. That's true. And didn't win. If he won, that would have been fine. But if he doesn't win, kind of ruins it. So there's got to be a part of him that says... Do I just stop here? But then there's a part of him that says, I'm going to keep going as long as I can and prove that I can win without Bill. And it's been me all this time that's been doing it and not Bill. Mm. So that's a big factor, too. That's a good point. <laughs> Lots of factors. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yes, lots of factors. So is it his nice. last year? I don't know. That's my I answer. hope not. He's... I don't think it is. I don't think it as is. much is as I hate last him. Last year with the Patriots, that's the bigger question. Ah, as much as I don't like him, he's fun to watch. He's pretty good. I really only have one thing to say to Jenna, and that is, I guess this is a great lesson in perspective because your father just got done telling us about all the years he suffered through this, and I was really enjoying the Patriots being good. Someone like Jenna, I think they've been good her entire life and not just the Patriots, but all of Boston. So just remember that when Brady and Belichick are gone and hopefully you have to suffer through some years (laughs) like the rest of us who are Minnesota and Detroit fans. So that's all I have to say about that. Yes. The Patriots won their first Super Bowl three years before she was born and the Red Sox won their, you know, their amazing World Series the first time in 86 years, a year before she was born. So, yeah, she was born into all of this. <laughs> she was born into the throne. And it's still going. Yeah. Lucky her. <laughs> yep. It's incredible. So, it'll be interesting to see when it all falls. <laughs> so, <with> it. <laughs> one more question as long as we're on the Patriots topic. And, Todd, I'm going to direct this to you because I'm sure you have an answer. Okay. Are you a, a Brady guy or a Belichick guy? Meaning, I think a lot of us think, and the media especially thinks it's all, it's mostly Belichick and it's this system that they have built. And not that Brady doesn't deserve any credit, but the system has been just incredible with how much they've been able to get out of the defense over the years. I should say timely defense out of over the years. Um, and then doing a lot with, pretty strange looking weapons on offense, to be honest with you. Uh, I will say that it's gone in, um, it's evolved over time. So the very first Patriots Super Bowl, and, and I don't want to make a dig at the rest of the league, but it's pretty phenomenal that we've now won six with the same group. It's actually insane. Again, I don't think I'm living in an actual real world. This is somehow the Matrix. <laughs> I, I've, I've decided to take the stake, if that's a reference. Uh, <laughs> sold out to, I forget what the guy's name is, but the program. Um, but more and more, I've become a 
Belichick guy, especially this year. Uh, watching last night's game, um, he we don't officially have a defensive coordinator. We actually haven't for the last, I don't know how many years. But more so than ever, he's spending time with the defense. He had him huddled up a couple of times. And the defense is literally unbelievable this year. Uh, I can't wait to see us play, admittedly, what might be called a real team and see how our defense fares there. But I think the rest of the country is going to be shocked when we do play a real team, or at least I'm hoping it is. Um, They're just insane uh, with their, I think we have 18 interceptions already this year and it, and, it, and it's pressure plus coverage. It's, it's like textbook football. This is the, what I fear, fear most from my daughter is our expectations have become very, very high for what good football looks like. Cause we've been able to see it. She's been able to see it her whole life. We were watching the Packers Bears game the other day, and we we're like, it's just going up and down the field. Everybody's wide open. I was like, what is going on? Doesn't anyone know how to play defense? I know it's not the best perspective. <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. But that's what happened. I mean, yeah, the is... six and one Packers, they're the worst. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and this is not, I mean, I will give you the defense has been incredible. And just to play devil's advocate, and you mentioned it, the schedule has been about the weakest schedule in the NFL. So at least coming up, I mean, you host the Browns, which they're far from a good team, but then have to go to Baltimore, go to Philly, host the Cowboys, then go to Houston. You get to host the Chiefs, and hopefully Mahomes is healthy. I mean, so there's definitely some tougher games in there, but, I mean, even the one playoff potential playoff team you've played so far is the Bills, which I think they were even banged up. I think Josh Allen got hurt that day. Yep. Um, so, you know, I'm not trying to be he that got hurt because he was stupid, but go well, on. Yeah, no, true. And I, and I mean, but to be this dominant, it's the same thing, not to bring up a sore subject for us, but the Badgers defense looked incredible oh. until we just played friggin' Illinois. But, you know, like we didn't really play anybody, but there's something to be said about having essentially, you know, six incredibly dominant performances, no matter who you're playing, you still have to win the games. And for the Patriots to do it the way that they have done is unbelievable and i saw a tweet today about the the patriots defense in like espn standard leagues where they would rank in all the positions and it was like you know they'd be like the number four quarterback and the number five running back or you know and it was top five essentially in every position which is just absolutely insane so that you know that fuels my love for the defensive position in fantasy even more (laughs) (laughs) so uh, you know but you know it is what it is when you, you picked them you got them they were on my list. I just didn't get them as early as you guys did in the draft, I guess. And uh, it's worked out, well, so far okay. I mean, you're not – I don't think you're in first yet, but you never know. They could they could lead you all the way there the well, way they've been playing. Help, they're definitely helping us out. So. Uh, they are. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> help out. So one question before we move on to the recap. I've always been curious. How do you guys manage the co-ownership on the team? Is it like – every decision is a mutual or does someone have power to just make a lineup call or what do you do? Yeah. So Todd is generally like the physically in charge of everything. Um, and then he'll always, but he'll always like say, this is what I'm thinking of doing. What do you think? And I'll either give my approval or my not approval. 
but most of the time I, I agree with what he wants to do. I, I, I do exercise some um, discretionary power for waiver wire pickups. And so far I haven't been yelled at. So that's good. It's <laughs> yeah. a good sign. Yeah, he's mostly in charge of, yeah, the whole online doing all that. But, and then we, we talk about lineups and, or pickups or, you know, we talked about picking up Darnold or, you know, stuff like that. So, which, by the way, despite his negative eight points, or whatever, <laughs> it's going to work out. <laughs> uh, it's a bad matchup. All right. Well, that's a good segue into the week that was. And uh, as usual, I'll just go left to right on my screen, get through this quickly. But we're going to start with the NWO and Logan, who took down primetime our guest from last week and logan had a message for us so let's listen to logan hey everybody this is paul king with uh primetime and i feel the need to call in and uh apologize to the entire league for lying to you all last week when i erroneously stated that i was going to crush the nwo like a grape in reality, I did no such crushing, and in fact, I was the one who got crushed, and I suck, and I am a great big loser. So, um, to everyone in the league, I sincerely apologize, and to the NWO, I admit your superiority over me. Thank you all. Have a good evening. That uh, sounded aw- awful a lot like either Logan or Steve from Akron. I'm, I'm starting to get yeah. confused here. You know, I, if if the NWO is really that excited after this week, I think they scored 103 points and would have lost to six or seven other teams this week. So I understand the little friendly rivalry, but, I mean, come on, man. That's a little. 103 <laughs> points, that's below average at this point. And he lost carry on Johnson, but that's what you get for picking a Lions running back in 2019. Come on. You should know better. Is he out for the season? Uh, I believe he was put on IR. Oh, today. Um, so yeah, that's great. It's good. <laughs> I mean, it was working great to begin with. So anyway, I don't want to talk about the Lions. So congratulations to Logan and Paul hopes to recover next week. And we move on. Have, oh, sorry. Uh, he needs a quarterback. <laughs> That's right. <Okay. laughs> he really wants a quarterback. So anybody out there yeah. before the trade deadline? Yeah. He should check his uh, pending trade inbox. <laughs> Ooh. Just saying. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Patty Mahomes going down. Not good. Uh, yeah. On the next game, we had myself, Badger Pride, took down freelancers who scored just 87 points. I'm pretty happy with this performance. You know, it was all good. Tyreek Hill came to play. Eckler came to play. Pretty average, but I needed that win. I got a four and three, so I'm happy. Yeah, pretty yeah. solid uh, performance by your team. After a few really bad weeks, too. So yeah. <laughs> anything over 100, I was going to take. And Al- Alvin Kamara being out, too, and still getting the win. I mean, you got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat, right? So you'll take it over 500. Uh, I wish I was there. Austin Eckler on the block, everyone. Come on. Mm. Waiting. (laughs) Now, why why is that? 
I mean, I don't want to give up my whole strategy here, but pretty obviously, I guess it would be pretty obvious. Uh, I would be betting selling high. Yeah. You think Melvin Gordon's actually going to do something? I would be betting that Melvin Gordon would take back. And the reason I think someone might bite on that is because there is no reason to think that Melvin Gordon will be back and take (laughs) anything from Eckler after this past week. But got to make a move, you know, because I'm playing Mikkel Hartman as my third wide receiver right now. And Corey Davis, who's on my team. He's had a hell of a year. Hey, they just brought in Tannehill. That's good. (laughs) Always good. Uh, Moving on, CR Pies moves to 6-1 and with a weak victory over Bobby FC. I was going to say, the one week he doesn't score a million points, he still wins. (laughs) I mean, Bobby's team, one player, the quarterback, put put up over 10 points. So it's not like he wasn't playing people. Right. They just didn't perform at all. Yeah, looking is not much else he could have done. I don't think. No. Yeah, that's that's rough. <laughs> so yeah, Craig gets a little lucky. Zeke with another twenty-four points. Dan, what do you think about that? No comment. Okay. <laughs> Uh, actually, a lot of low scores this week because Birds yeah. of Prey put up fifty-three points in a loss to Jutan Clan. Oof. And again, wow. he couldn't have done anything. <laughs> no. Right. He wasn't even playing Matt Ryan, who got hurt during the game. Huh. His team is in trouble. Birds of Prey <laughs> is in trouble. I feel a lot better about my team at two and five than his right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's maybe he's it's because screwed. maybe it's because he hasn't been on the podcast yet. Maybe that's the problem. Reverse jinx. Yeah. Go uh, reverse jinx. Jutang Clan, by the way. I mean, I don't have the stat in front of me, but since the new year, he is just on fire. <laughs> so five and two, I believe that's in second place. Just feeling good. He had Jacoby Brissett on his bench who scored 31, which I could have really used this week, actually. But, uh, you know, he wins scoring 84 points. We're going to need stats and research to get on that. Has that ever happened in this league's history? You score 83.95 points and you win? Seems impossible. I agree with you. That that is very, very lucky. Um, You took us down last week. Um, The fewest points scored in a win, he is not in the top 10. So Wow. Green Hell, actually, number one in 2007, won 57 to 49. (laughs) <laughs> something tells me scoring was a little bit different back then but <laughs> yeah. in, in the modern era this this maybe they did has got to be up there was that a season we didn't have defenses play or something <laughs> oh that exists don't, don't get me don't give him Todd. don't give him that idea oh, man i don't know jutang clan congratulations he must have fasted on yom kippur that's all i gotta say <laughs> and i and i did it so that's probably why i'm screwed now man um that was only the seventh matchup between those two teams. Shout out to Birds of Prey who texted me and said that he restarted watching 24 season one. And I think that's just a great decision. And everyone should do it. So It's a good decision because the fantasy football season's <laughs> over. I mean, sorry, just from one, one other last place, one, one last place guy to another. I mean, you know, I got to find a show now too. Shit. <laughs> 
uh, I gave you that show. It's I think you should leave on Netflix. Everyone needs to watch it. And that's all. Got it. Moving on to the fifth of eight games or seven games. Sea City, Boston. Oh, tough one here. 118 points. Losing to Green Hell, who goes to five and two. This was a a battle for the top. What happened, Sea City? Our offense did not come to play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> although, although ironically, our our quarterback, who you know, I guess he's feeling the heat of the backups that that are on their way, but because uh, he finally performed for us. But besides Philip Rivers. Not a whole lot of offense going on. I mean, we had a few, but then we had a few duds. So, yeah, we talked in the open about who has who has executive power here. I want to know who made the decision to start Dante Pettis. <laughs> you know, uh, well, we didn't have a lot of other <laughs> options. To be fair, Benny Snell is on your bench. I mean, <laughs> you could have probably dropped him and picked up another wide receiver. Just who yeah. is the saying? There's a plan. <laughs> I won't say it's a good plan, but there's a plan. I've never heard of Benny Snell, for the record. He's a rookie. He had 75 yards in week six. Wow. Would you look at that? If 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 we were able to keep players for next year, it would have been a good pickup. But, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, it's tough. When McCaffrey's on a bye, it's, it's going to be tough to win, especially when your opponent puts up 140. So let's just give Green Hell a nod here. We, I think we were so, kind of a little bit nervous about Green Hell, but he's back on track, and his team looks really good, led by Dalvin Cook, which is my guy, so I'm happy for him. Uh, he's, he's got solid players all throughout the lineup. And, and he had a dud from Will Fuller, who got injured, and he still scored 140, essentially. Uh, that's impressive. Yeah, not bad. Um, I had something. One more thing. Oh, do you have any comment on the Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott controversy? What is the controversy? <laughs> that Craig did not take Christian McCaffrey. And I have to say, <laughs> draft night was was very good to us when Christian McCaffrey was on the board at three. That uh, was very unexpected. Thank you, Craig. There you go. That's, Pi- that's what just all we have just Pizer's helping Pizer's all around here, I guess. I, <laughs> that's right. What are you going to do? The old what fam division yeah. coming together. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, that moves us to the high score of the week. Lucas Tyne and the Misfits, 176 points. An incredible game. And Brothers Mendez barely put up a fight with 120. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't believe it did. It's been that kind of a year for you. Yeah, I think I think you would have. Where are you in the power rankings? You must be like fourth. Honestly, I, I don't really. Imagine. I don't really know. I don't look at the power rankings. I more look at just points for and points against. And I'm definitely. I think I'm like three or four in points for, and you know, three or four in points against. I'm not entirely sure, but there, there's one of them which uh, they do the power ranking. I think based on. If you had played everyone else that week, I think you would probably be in fourth place if it was that way. Because your points scored would beat pretty much everybody else. You've you've gotten the uh, the shaft quite a bit. Yeah, if you go by the maybe every week. If you go by the all play record, yes, all play. Dan is in fifth at fifty one and forty. 
Oh goodness. Uh, just one of six people over 500. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not like my team is exceptional because I've had Breeze get hurt and my running backs are pretty crappy, but I just feel like I'm better than two and five. <laughs> and it's like and, and you never want to be like drawing dead at the trade deadline, especially in a year that I can't prepare for next year, which has been, <laughs> been my specialty in the my career in this <laughs> league. So I'm the one at the beginning of the year who ripped Paul Rossman apart for suggesting we make trades carry over <laughs> to next year. So I suppose, again, I deserve this, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I, I would, I would pay a lot of money just to be three and four right now, because that's one game out of the playoffs as opposed to two and five, which feels dire to say the least. If it makes you feel any better, you don't have any coulda ones. So that makes me feel so much better. (laughs) I mean, I mean, the week started off with Kansas City Chiefs putting up 29 points, which is just laughable. They were one of the worst defenses in the league. And then Rodgers goes off, which I have in my other league. And it's just hilarious that I couldn't I couldn't work that out to at least win my other league. I lost there, too, thanks to Brady. Only scoring like 15, I lost by like two points in that league. But and then Marvin Jones, you know, who the hell knows that he's going to go off for four touchdowns. That's just impossible. What's pretty crazy is he scored 176. He's of his three running backs. They scored a total of 10 points, his three running backs. And he put up 176. (laughs) That is insane. insane. (laughs) Like you look at those scores. Yeah. You look at those scores. You're like, I don't know if that adds up. Right. Cause there's too many low (laughs) players. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. 48 plus 38 plus 29 was yeah. QB, Marvin Jones, and Chiefs defense. That, I think that almost would have beat me by itself. So, you know, I didn't have a bad week again, but I lost again. So that summarizes wow. the season for me so far. I would, can I have McCaffrey? Can I just, because I love McCaffrey so much, can I just have him? That would just be <laughs> great if we could work that out. I'll trade you Joe Mixon. <laughs> I think at, at one point I saw on the bottom line in the fourth quarter, Joe Mixon had like 10 rushes for two yards and three <laughs> catches for two yards. But it, he had a touchdown. But That's exciting. So, yeah, he, he had a touchdown, which was six points, obviously. And then he only had 0.9 other points, <laughs> which is like impossible. He had, so, he had two rushing yards, two receiving yards, and one reception and a touchdown. Oh Good game. Yeah. So in the same way that – Kind of like McCaffrey fell to you guys at three when Dalvin Cook fell to me at seven or wherever I was. I wasn't smart enough to pull the trigger, so I basically I just suck. There's probably should be award for worst worst management of the season. I think I'm leading that category right now. So, but just I'll, I'll, I'll get, the, the the McCaffrey situation does raise one very important part of the uh, having tandem ownership, which is there was a debate over whether based on our missing the playoffs last year, we wanted to go high in the draft or keep Travis Kelsey and drop down Mm. into the second round. And uh, the better mind prevailed to say, 
<laughs> go high at the draft. That was me. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, that's that sounds like a Karen decision, which is a great decision. It that was out. my decision to go higher in the draft. It worked out very nicely. She, it worked out nicely. She, she knew her little brother was going to F it up. I was going to say, thank you again, Craig. <laughs> oh, wait. oh, wait, he's in first place by himself, six and one. <laughs> right, so. He's doing just he's fine. Damn it, Craig. But just before we move on, not to talk about myself anymore, but the Misfits, three and four. I think we, like, crossed that team off, like, three or four weeks ago. I mean, yeah. I know three and four is not, like, setting the world on fire, but they've come back, and they are maybe going to be the surprise team of the season. No first-round draft pick, pretty weak keepers, I think, and they're looking pretty solid right now. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty exciting. That. Everybody's in it still. Um, one point on the efficiency or on the manager rankings. One way to do that is efficiency. And who's number one at ninety eight point nine percent, other than Badger Pride? So, you know, that's because I have seventy bench points, folks. Seventy. <laughs> Next closest is like one seventy. So, not the deepest team in the league. Uh, moving on, we've talked about all of the fam division, except for blue 32, who we were all making fun of the odds, but Uh, now they've won, I believe three in a row in dominating fashion. And they took down Rossman and ultimate warriors. This is a big, big win. They doubled them up. Yeah. I was looking at this. Yeah. Not one of the highest victory margins, but still a pretty big one. Yeah, good. I mean, how often do you get doubled, Paul? <laughs> how often? Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Bears defense putting up two points for you. How does that feel? <laughs> About time. Philip Dorsett can, still doing. Can his he thing. call that defense? Ouch. Against Teddy Bridgewater too. Um, yeah, Brian coming through. Latavius Murray. Yeah. With yeah. 30 points. So, good pick yeah. up there. Great pick up there. Kirk Cousins has been awesome. Saquon Barkley's back healthy now. He's got Julian Edelman, which will serve him well the rest of the year. And he's got T.Y. Hilton, who is actually being is actually playing well this year, considering how yeah. concerned people were about the Colts' offense coming into yes, the season. Right. The Colts are actually good and will be playing meaningful football down the stretch, which will make T.Y. Hilton very valuable. I think – Brian's got a lot of playoff talent on his roster, I think. So that'll bode well in later into the season. And if need be, he's already he, he also has Andy Dalton ready to step in. <laughs> Who somehow put up twenty one points. I think he outscored my quarterback. Oh boy. Uh, he also has something called Chase Edmonds, who put up thirty four points. So yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, while David Johnson is still playing, that's interesting. Yeah, uh, Ultimate Warriors is trying to ship out Matthew Stafford. So, anybody who wants Matthew Stafford, call him, I guess. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are at this point. Exciting stuff. We have, I took away the standings, so I don't know, but. A very parody-filled league. Anything else on week seven, folks? It seemed to me to be uh, a week of 
hopefully not one week wonders, but there was a lot of odd scores by individuals this week. Individual players having the week of their lives. I wonder if it's sustainable. I agree. People like Marquise Valdez-Scalding and Marvin Jones. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the Chiefs defense. <laughs> right. Thanks, Todd. Um, Aaron Rodgers put up the ninth highest point total in league history. Oh, good. So, wow. good congratulations him. to him. Great job for him. <laughs> That's very exciting. A lot of the highest totals this year. Um, are making that list. Uh, but yeah, that's where we stand. Craig is at six and one in full control. We have two teams at five and two, four at four and three, four, or three at three and four and four, two and five. And one last thing before we move on, the fantasy survivor birds of prey is out. Uh, so yeah, there's seven teams left. Who's excited about the survivor game? Anybody? I don't know. I, was, I just had thought. I said, are we even in that? <laughs> uh, you are. You are still All in right. it. By default. Because right. I'm out of my other Survivor League. So. Mm, yeah. Survivor League. Are you still in that other one? No. Oh, yeah. We're both out. Jen is the only one that's still in our other Survivor League. That we're... Chargers. <laughs> but good. All right. I it's say that a lot. Fun. Says that's everybody fun. who has a Chargers player in our league. Stupid chargers. Austin Eckler's been pretty good. Oh, yeah, you're right. We'll Um, work out the trade, Scott. You don't have to sell me any harder. We'll figure it out. (laughs) Just take everybody, take whoever you want. I don't care. So, speaking of which, what is the official trade deadline? That's a great question. It's almost like I queued you up. The trade deadline (laughs) is uh, tomorrow night at 11.59. Tomorrow being Wednesday night. So, probably today, and that this will drop. After everyone goes to sleep, that's central time. Sure, if you're up at twelve thirty and you're making a deal, I'll allow it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't expect this year's trade deadline to be very exciting, but you never know. There could be some fireworks. I do know Ultimate Warriors is proposing a lot, and he's he's looking to deal. So get out there. Uh, But next year should be more exciting. Because there is the reset, and we've been talking a lot about the Superflex. But one thing I wanted to ask you guys, C-City Boston, is you're in a 2QB league. Yes. Yeah. What's your experience? I mean, that's different than what we're talking about here. But what's your experience with having teams have to play two quarterbacks? Is it good, bad? Well, it's manageable because there's only 10 teams in the league. Mm. So, you know, 20 quarterbacks a week. You're 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 unless you make a really bad choice, you're you're going to have two decent quarterbacks. I actually think it takes away some of the strategy about who to get and when to get. Uh, because you're like, ah, if the first guy doesn't plan out, I got the you know, second guy who's going to be in the uh, the top 67% of the league. Are you saying from a starter perspective? Yeah, so like so oh, so if like one of your quarterbacks doesn't perform, you got another one, it's no big deal. So it it right, it makes it tougher to decide who to 
uh, I think in our league, there there's more about who are you going to start um, than in the two quarterback league. But but with some of the ideas of our league having fourteen or even expanding uh, beyond that, that is tough. You're you're going to have to have your uh, your Sam Darnold on a bad week, maybe. Well, yeah, and I think the, the, the yeah, Sam Darnold negative six points five. Yeah, the uh, and I think Todd explains why we've kind of ruled out the two quarterback idea because you're right. If you have to start two quarterbacks in a fourteen team league, there wouldn't be much decision. You'd just be for sure pick. You'd have to pick up a quarterback and start them. Yeah. Whereas yeah. with the super flex, it brings in a whole different conversation. Whereas this week, maybe you'd be. If we had super flex, you'd be deciding between Sam Darnold and Michael Gallup, for example. Like, you know, you'd, you'd actually have to make that decision. And I think a lot of people would have started Sam Darnold and they would have been pissed. They would have taken that eight points from Gallup or whatever instead of the negative six from Darnold. So I think the two quarterback, I understand that piece and how challenging that could be, especially in a bigger league. But I think the super flex adds a layer of strategy especially with what we want to do with the scoring. So I don't know if you guys so, have more thoughts on that. Well, lo- let me just ask you, because uh, I think it was revealed earlier that I haven't listened to too to many of the podcasts. I'm, I'm more of a reader than a listener. We've never talked about this, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so if, if the quarterback in the super flex position would have different scoring rules, no, so what we've been talking about is adjusting quarterback scoring, period. Yeah. So quarterbacks scored them at the same amount of points, whether they start as a quarterback or a super flex, but we'd reduce the amount of points that they're scoring compared to this in previous seasons. So right now, you get one point for every 20 yards passing. Scott right. is modeling if we switch that to one point for every 25 or for one point for every 30. So it just makes quarterbacks score a little bit less than they do now which just brings okay. them back closer to the pack of other flex options. Yeah, I think that 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 seems but then you would for Oh, interesting. Okay, so then the idea would be it would be obviously I'm not speaking very intelligently on this issue. <laughs> well, Sorry, no, yeah, pass, so that Yes, yeah, true. That slot would be a decision. I so I I was so motivated today to actually send an email out with some information, but I didn't get to it. Oh, Um, I might read that. (laughs) Right. Um, uh, The 26th quarterback or so scored about seven points. If you change the yardage. Um, So that's like bottom QB two, Right. And so that same level of like the fourth wide receiver, the fourth running back is about that amount. Right. So I, I think even just doing that is going to make that better. And I've said that multiple times, but now I'm starting to see the data. That was week seven um, data right there. So what do you do to the top quarterback scores compared to the top at other positions? So what's, what's the effect on that? I understand it would make it better for the, the flex, but. Yeah, it would definitely bring him down a little bit. Um, but I haven't totally looked at that. 
I think it adjusted by. I think, I think we. I think we've been looking at like ten to fifteen percent, and when I did some really rough looking at like Mahomes and the two couple other top quarterbacks, I still think the top quarterbacks will be the most will score the most points in the league on a week to week basis, but it won't okay. be as far and away as I guess we've typically had in this league. Yeah, you're talking about Rogers scoring thirty six <laughs> points instead of forty. You know, um, oh, all right. Okay. It's not that drastic, but on the bottom end, it it is because those bad quarterbacks, as Craig was talking about with Winston, like they sh- shouldn't be scoring fifteen points for like one hundred and twenty yards and three interceptions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, yes, that that is true. So that's so. Then the other option is to also make interceptions worse again and make that minus three. And that really nukes the QB scoring because mm-hmm. all the bad quarterbacks are not very that's good. <laughs> yeah. So and I think that's almost that's too much to me, but right. That's too much for me. Cause I think the whole point for a lot of us is to get at least some more quarterbacks in play. So you don't right. want to make the, even, right. even the, that yeah, you don't want that bad. Even the middle of the road ones then become that much worse if you go from four to three, which we've actually done in this league. We've had four and three in recent years, which has made it almost really difficult to even find one good starting quarterback if you don't have one of the top five or six guys. So it's good to look at all that, and I'm sure Scott's going to send something out for those of us like like Todd and myself who love to read and <laughs> review the data. And I think once we all see that, we'll feel a lot better about – you know, what the super flex could look like and how it compares to other positions. Any other thoughts while we have you on keepers or rules or what you want to see with the reset? Yes. So I've been thinking about this. We got to make the year to year keeper harder. So instead of you, so what I can't remember because we didn't do this this year, but the one year keeper, it's the same round, right? Correct. I think that should be at least a round above or maybe even two rounds above because that would get the players to churn more and it would make it a tougher decision about who to keep if you know you're going to be losing uh, a a round above, you know what I mean, or two rounds above. People would still keep, obviously, if you have top players. But it's it's if you hit a home run with like um, I don't know like your eighth round draft uh, pick, you know keeping that so what you you lost an eighth you got a really good player but now if it's like a sixth then you know maybe maybe you don't do that one year keeper maybe you you roll the dice and see whoever you got so I I wanted to make the keeper I was going to propose making the keeper. Um, what you have to forfeit to keep tougher. Yeah. So right now it's across the board right now it's current rounds for one year and one year up for multi-year. So in this situation, you could even just say one year is one round up and multi-year or something is two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. um, To try to get at that. I, I, I agree a little bit with that. Um, Yeah. It's interesting. It's the it's the really good players that make it tougher. So do we want people to be able to keep a first round pick? That's that's the question. Um, oh, because if you change that, that then you have to yeah. 
but maybe we don't. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a obviously a very personal preference type topic, and someone like me who likes dynasty style leagues, I don't love that because I I actually want there to be more keepers and whatever. But I also think along those lines, something that we've talked about is limiting how long you can actually keep a player. So you can't end up with Rob Gronkowski his entire career. The Gronkowski rule. Right. So (laughs) that, you know. I think part of that is where the developmental pick comes in. Right. So something we've talked about already, I think, and we're going to do for sure, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, is the developmental player will no longer be a 14th round pick. It'll move up at least to 12, 11, 10. And then if you decide to DP again, because you can still DP a second-year player for a second time, that progresses even further. So I think that'll be part of it for sure. And then also having a limit on how many years you could actually keep someone, maybe three years, something like that. So we don't lose the dynasty nature if you truly are trying to rebuild, but you can't have a guy for more than three seasons. Or you can go NBA and have your, your... Your franchise player with the Supermax. There you go. Sign me up for that. Supermax. <laughs> Little do you know, Scott and I are in a dynasty style NBA league. I've been in it for a while. Scott joined, what, a year or two ago? And we have full salary caps and all that good stuff. Ooh. So, you know, someday I'll, cool. I'll get really excited and, and start trying to sell people on that. But <laughs> I think in general, I guess in terms of one, one quick question before we get out of here, but in terms of number of keepers, I guess number and style, right? So we have, we have four keepers, one multi, two single and a DP. How do you guys feel about that structure? Uh, Well, making the more players available, more decent players available at draft time. um, I felt the last couple of years that it seems as though there weren't a lot of, players available cup draft time so the draft wasn't as exciting so so that's my feeling on that i mean you want a bigger league so that puts a lot of pressure on how many players can be on your team to begin with uh and then how many people can keep them it it makes it tougher i mean one thing i have liked is how we've adjusted over the years how many people are on the, your bench and what positions they can be. So gone are the days when somebody has like six running backs on their team. So you couldn't even pick up um, a possibility. Yeah. I don't know if that helps answer your question, but I, I'd like to generally have you guys have managed to, to do that, but it has seemed as though the draft hasn't been as exciting because there hasn't been as many players available. Which is absolutely fair. And I think as the reason we got to a recent, I think, to begin with was that there was a group of the league that agrees very much with you and, and wants kind of to, to turn it over and kind of start fresh. Then there's other of us in the league that actually don't mind that the draft isn't the end-all be-all because the draft is just one night and managing your team is, you know, 16 weeks plus the off-season of trading picks and keepers and stuff like that so that's just my oh, no, kind of opposite I, take so you can't really have both but i think we've done scott's done a nice job of of kind of keeping both um but again the draft's always going to be really tough with 14 teams 
Right. Uh, you know, so that is what it is. Well, at, I, le- I, at least we're not 16 anymore, right? Yet. <laughs> Yet. Yeah, right. We've, uh, no, we've, we've enjoyed the, the dynasty aspect of it. Obviously, we had Gronk for I don't know how many okay. years. <laughs> Twelve. Out, okay. Oh, it's but, uh, no, and then you, you, you're, you're trying to find the right players to be your DPs, and you have to think about whether or not you you can risk playing them uh, during this season to to maybe win a game or win in the playoff, or you risk losing them to be DP'd for the next year. I've liked that aspect of it a lot. Yeah, I think that's an underrated aspect. We kind of laugh at the DP, but that's actually pretty interesting when you get down to it with these, especially with the good teams. Like, I didn't. Who did Craig, like, not use an entire, didn't one season? Yeah, he drafted uh, Cam Newton, I think. That's who it was. And just benched him. Yeah. Uh, So that was interesting. And then one year, when I got Camara. I didn't play him in the semis because I thought if I yeah. if I won I would play him in the finals. <laughs> so that was interesting. I think I think actually it was the finals, Scott. I think you benched him oh, in the finals right. against me. Finals. Thank you. <laughs> no, it didn't matter. After you it didn't after matter. I was talking to Todd and Karen about getting Kamara in a, some deal, you slipped in and took him and now you finished second first and on your way to another cash, but whatever. I'm he not holding any game. grudges. I hold a grudge on Marshawn Lynch, who had like two points in that yes. game. <laughs> Karen was, they were with me. We were down in Mexico for that. I think that right. was the year oh. I dropped Marshawn Lynch earlier in the season and you picked him up, right? <laughs> yes. Wow. But just real quick on the DP yeah. before we get out of here. Like, I'm a huge proponent of the DP. I've always talked about, at least to Scott, adding a second DP. I'm sure that would get very polarizing results in the league, but as someone who joined as an expansion team and struggled through this league for many years, I use the DP to build my team. And like, we've yeah, been, makes sense. And, and I've, I've gotten Michael Thomas, Juju Smith, Schuster and Kelvin Ridley all currently on my team through the DP spot the last, you know, three or four seasons. And it's gotten me to a point where, you know, I've won, finished third and well, this year's not so great, but it's not because of those players. So right, I think right. that is a huge that is a huge way to not have too many keepers, but to give people who love the dynasty aspect of this league, which I think is at least half of us yeah, enough yeah. to be really excited and, and really look for those players and try to make trades for those players, as opposed to just trying to sell out all your good talent to get, you know, first and second round picks. It's almost right, better right. to try to trade for a, a DP eligible candidate. And maybe even if I'm a bad team, I might trade a second or third round pick if I'm really, or maybe not quite that high, a third or fourth round pick to acquire a DP candidate. So it just, I think it gives a lot of options there and something that once we get past the whole super flex idea and get that squared away, the whole keeper conversation, I think is the next piece. And I think DP for me is a large part of that conversation. Yeah. I like it. I'm intrigued by multiple DPs. That's interesting. Cause your, yeah. your draft is then probably better because you're, a lot of those DPs are rookies, right? Yeah. Or, yes. I right, mean, they have right. to be, but they're also not all superstars yet. Right. And the way that I think about it, too, is super flex. A lot of those DP eligible players could be quarterbacks then, and you True. get more situations like we had with Mahomes being drafted and stashed. Now, he's a once-in-a-generation type talent, but at least you might have some guys in later rounds taking a Gardner Minshew or a 
right, Daniel right. Jones maybe a year ahead of time and thinking ahead of and thinking, okay, I'm not going to be very good this year, but I have two DP spots now to play with. One of them, I'm going to try to take a flyer on one of these quarterbacks that we know can really emerge from rounds three, four, five, six. Right. So I think right. that adds a really cool layer to the league, which is kind of related to the Superflex. So to me, those two things are, are very much related, which is why I'm excited about both ideas. All right. Be- before we leave you, I, I must know, and, and Scott, when we lost you, Dan was about to tell me, but what the hell happened to your Badgers on Saturday? Jeez. Oh, it's, oh, it's painful to even think about. I blame well, you know, watching the game. You know what's frustrating is, and I've talked to a few people about it, they didn't play the whole game like crap. Like, they played okay. fine. They were winning. They were up nine with five to play, driving at the 15-yard line. Like, they, they were, were up They should have been winning more. Five minutes to play? Yeah. And they, they weren't playing great, but they were putting – they were winning. And then your best player fumbles, and then your quarterback throws his second interception of the year, oh. and your defense collapses. I mean, everything went wrong. It was like the perfect storm of just horribleness. And I blame myself because I didn't watch a minute of the game until I flipped it on. Of course, I texted Scott immediately. Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> the first play I see is Jonathan Taylor run across the 20-yard te- the line, picking up a first down. I literally look away for one second, and I hear fumble, and Illinois oh. has the ball. Four plays, 75 yards later, touchdown. And then, of course, we're like third and five midfield, and our QB wonder, who everybody knows how I feel about, Start starting him the season over our number two rated quarterback in the country we brought in, but he throws his first interception of the year at midfield, which essentially gifts them oh. a field goal. Oh. Um, and it just, you know, it was third and five. If, if that's an incomplete pass, we punt the ball away. And now right. they have no to way. go 80 yards right. or not. I mean, they have to go 60 yards to get into field goal range, okay. you know, against which the best probably in the country. Doing. Yeah. So it just, it was the perfect storm of just, Really, really sad football. And then you got Lovey Smith on the sideline looking like Santa Claus, just really <laughs> full of himself. I love Lovey Smith. I actually love him. And I, it's amazing that they have him as their coach for how bad their program is. But this is the best win he's ever had, like yeah. in his entire coaching career, maybe. And so, you know, whatever. I guess I'm a Lovey Smith fan for life now. But it was, it was really, really sad. So now, yeah. if you guys beat Ohio State next week, all is forgiven, though, right? No, because we probably don't get to the playoff because it's college football. So you have one bad loss, and you're in the Big Ten, so they don't respect you. So no, but you beat, but you would have beaten Ohio State at Ohio State, right? Yeah, but even but then if there we would beat be Ohio, that Ohio State, State, it's probably because they weren't that good to begin with. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, I think I think the That's only possible happen. way that it gets forgiven is we win out, including beat Ohio State this week, and then we beat Ohio State again in the Big Ten Championship, and we are a 12 and one Big Ten. Then it champion. would be if we won out, it would be a hard argument yeah, to keep us out. It'd be very hard you, to keep you us beat out. Ohio State twice, exactly. Yeah. And even but, your only loss, yeah, that'd be. But tough. we are Wisconsin. Yeah. If we were Ohio State. Right, sure. you definitely could do yeah. We're not going to solve college football right now, but an, that's a good point. An, an eighteen playoff would be super fun because <laughs> right. that one loss by eighteen to twenty-two year old kids doesn't just end that's your season nice. halfway through. 
Georgia, same yeah. thing last week. Georgia lost to South Carolina. Now they're in the SEC, so they get a little bit of a benefit there. And I think they're probably a little bit better team than we are. But it's just they will probably win out, and then they got a shot against Alabama in the SEC championship game. If they win that game and it's Alabama's only loss, Georgia and Alabama both go to the playoffs, and that's what will knock us out. And I'm, I'm obviously have no idea you can ever play both scenarios completely out, but that's kind of what we've seen at least a couple times now. So, yeah. you know, it is what it is. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's fun. Just, it's just college football. It's super fun. Football <laughs> is great. Fantasy football is amazing. Yeah, we, all, we all love football. If it wasn't for this league, I don't even know if I'd watch hands, football. Hands to the face. But hands illegal to hands face. to the face. I think we were all Lions fans a couple of weeks ago. I don't think there's any other Patriots fan in the Patriots fans in the league, but you guys are holding that down nicely for us. So, you know. All right. Good luck the rest of the way. So well, I, Todd I, needs to go to I, bed. On his, on, well, now I, I've got the second win, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, quick question for you. I, I did not see that. This was the Lions Packers? Yeah. Yes. So, was it? I haven't even seen it. Was it? Are you just, just trying to punch me in the face tonight? <laughs> or was you, it's been a very rough week. We had the Lions game, the Red Wings went 0 3, the Badgers lost to Illinois, and they lost again to the Vikings. All right. Uh, it was unbelievable. And if you watch the condensed replay, it's, I don't even know how to explain it. I, has, it has it come out that, that that ref might have ties to? I mean, there were serious Netflix? people being like, this no. is unbelievable. No, it's just a bad. It was just bad. It's call. the same call twice. Yeah. Bad calls. Just bad calls. So there were two hands to the face that weren't hands to the face that were both on third down, so they extended the drives towards the end of the game when the Lions were winning. And then there was a pass interference that would have also set them up for an automatic field goal that wasn't called. Uh... And then you talk to Packers fans, and they're like, oh, but Kerryon Johnson might not have been in in the first quarter. (laughs) You're like, yeah, that's the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, so. as as an innocent bystander, uh, not a fan of either team, very very one way disaster for the Lions. Just a lot of unacceptable calls by the referees. And the funniest thing ever was on Monday, the biggest topic on all the talk shows and all the radio, <laughs> all the TV shows, were how bad the refs had been this year. And that was before the Monday night game, where it was probably the worst officiated game of the season. It was so, kind of nice that. What's the guy's name on Monday Night Football? Boomer? Tessator? Oh, no, Booger. I loved Booger. Booger. Yeah, I loved Tessator. Oh, Booger. Uh, Booger was just, he couldn't oh, yeah. stop just yeah. ripping the refs for like the last 10 minutes. And then they throw it to Scott Van Pelt and his whole like first 20 minutes are him just ripping the refs. <laughs> and wow. so I'm like, all right, at least I feel like I'm not the homer who feels like we got screwed here. Yeah. yeah, there's uh, there are a couple of Detroit people on our local radio, and the one in the midday was just he was so lit, like he was all in on the it's fixed against the Lions, and you know they all want the Packers to win. And it was just it was pretty funny. He was going a little overboard, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I go that far. The, the league's I mean... been against the Lions forever because all of these plays go against you know all these calls go against them. And they want the Packers yeah, to win all that, that, but, but... yeah. Anyway, 
So yeah, sports are stupid. <laughs> yeah. Fun. On that note, <laughs> I think it's time to end this thing, this epic podcast. It is. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining thanks, guys. us. Yeah, Thank thanks. you guys for doing this. And we'll, we'll get you back on at some point. We're almost through the list. We have like three or four more teams to get on here. And then it's a free for all. Very good. Uh, yeah. Week eight is this week. Don't forget the trade deadline if you've made it this far. There's your reminder. <laughs> and we will see you all next week on Dynasty Time Podcast. <laughs>